what you did to deserve to be here you're in after-school detention karma's a bitch you're listening to some educational shit all right this is valerie cower 
I hope I'm not. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She's speaking at the National Moral Revival Watch Night Service. This is if you are a Open Lions loyalist, you just listened to Hannah Smith LaFriend's fireside chat, and she was trying to think of something there at the end, and this is it. So listen to this, and it's really short. Listen to this and learn something. On Christmas Eve, 103 years ago, my grandfather waited in a dark and dank cell. He sailed by steamship across the Pacific Ocean from India to America, leaving behind colonial rule. But when he landed on American shores, immigration officials saw his dark skin, his tall turban worn as part of his sick faith, and saw him not as a brother, but as foreign, as suspect, threw him behind bars where he languished for months. Until a single man, a white man, a lawyer named Henry Marshall, filed a writ of habeas corpus that released him Christmas Eve, 1913. Mm. My grandfather Kehar Singh became a farmer, free to practice the heart of his sick faith, love and oneness. And so when his Japanese American neighbors were rounded up and taken to their own detention camps in the deserts of America, he went out to see them when no one else would. He looked after their farms until they, reached, they returned home. He refused to stand down. Yes, in the aftermath of September 11th, when hate violence exploded in these United States and a man that I called uncle was murdered, mm. I tried to stand up. I became a lawyer like the man who freed my grandfather and I joined a generation of activists fighting, detentions and deportations, surveillance and special registration, hate crimes and racial profiling. And after 15 years, with every film, with every lawsuit, with every campaign, I thought we were making the nation safer for the next generation. Mama. And then my son was born. On Christmas Eve, I watched him ceremoniously put the milk and cookies by the fire for Santa Claus. And after he went to sleep, I then drank the milk and ate the cookies. <laughs> I wanted him to wake up and see them gone in the morning. I wanted him to believe in a world that was magical. But I am leaving my son a world that is more dangerous than the one that I was given. Because I am raising, we are raising a brown boy in America. A brown boy who may someday wear a turban as part of his faith. And in America today, as we enter an, an era of enormous rage, as white nationalists hail this moment as their great awakening, as hate acts against Sikhs and our Muslim brothers and sisters are at an all-time high, I know 
I know that there will be moments, whether on the streets or in the schoolyard, where my son will be seen as foreign, as suspect, as a terrorist. Just as black bodies are still seen as criminal, brown bodies are still seen as illegal, trans bodies are still seen as immoral, indigenous bodies are still seen as savage, the bodies of women and girls seen as someone else's property. And when we see these bodies, not as brothers and sisters, then it becomes easier to bully them, to rape them, to allow policies that neglect them, that incarcerate them, that kill them. Yes, Rabbi. The future is dark. On this New Year's Eve, this watch night, I close my eyes and I see the darkness of my grandfather's cell and I can feel the spirit of ever-rising optimism in the Sikh tradition within him. And so the mother in me asks, what if? What if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if our America... You are brave. What if this is our nation's great transition? Mm.